Hello, my name's TJ Sidhu, style and culture editor at The Face, and you are listening to The Face Podcast. We're here at Spotify Studios and I'm filling in yet again for our usual host, Matthew Whitehouse. This week's podcast is coming to you as a special episode because we've got a brand new magazine on the shelves. Get a whoop whoop. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Joining me to discuss the hottest stories from the latest issue are the faces Deputy Editor Oliver Pometsi, Assistant Editor Jade Wicks, and our music director, Davey Reed. So let's kick off with a cover story, the one and only charlie xcx charlie's been killing it for quite some time now she's a bit of a british pop culture mainstay shall we say why davy did you feel like this was the right time for her to be on on the cover of the face yeah well you're right like charlie's obviously been like killing it for ages like i remember i got became like a massive fan in like 2016 2017 do you know like mixtape era and you know we start the face like we relaunched it even about five years ago this like definitely felt like the right time to put her on the print cover because uh, you know I mean first of all she's bigger than she's ever been. The last album she put out, Crash, in 2022 was her first UK number one album. Um, I saw a bit of her at Coachella last year and realised like a crowd was huge on the main stage. And then yeah, a PR kind of invited me and Matthew over to their offices and, and we got to listen to a few new tunes of the new album, um, including Von Dutch, which I think is dropping on Friday, which mm. is that kind of really in your face kind of like sort of mid noughties style like electro house banger kind of reminds me of like MySpace era. Um, this song about Sophie which is a ballad which is obviously really beautiful and some other songs but I'm not sure if I'm allowed to talk to them because the PR are in trouble. <laughs> Top secret stuff. But anyway the point is, is is we kind of like we were really impressed by the new tunes and the direction and the vibe of it seemed really fun like I think she's really trying to be very unapologetic and a little bit wild and um, it's got quite a club heavy feel to it hence the boiler room mm. um, and we were kind of just excited and, and knew there'd be a great interview and knew yeah. everyone would be excited about the tunes and, and it was a great interview wasn't it it Who, was really good I, I, it was the journalist Shard de Souza. yeah I mean Shard we love Shard like he's done some great profiles for us he did the dare who's like the New York Indy Sleaze guy for us mm. he did the Jack Antonoff piece for us yeah. as well which is great and he's like a hardcore fan and he did such a good job. It's very revealing and intimate. Yeah, lots of gossip. I think Shard and Charlie are the perfect pairing, actually. They should be friends, I think. They... Charlie's good at asking the questions that maybe some journalists would shy away from and Charlie's not afraid to give those answers. So she mm. kind of got into quite a lot of juicy topics in the interview. Yeah. Very true. Yeah, totally. I mean, she is obviously kind of super media savvy and is like plugged into the discourse. Uh, so like, yeah, she was really opinionated <laughs> and yeah, it's really revealing. You know, I mentioned the Sophie tribute. She kind of spoke about that and talked about how when Sophie, who for anyone who isn't familiar, the late sort of very cutting edge electronic producer who was really influential and who worked with Charlie, but she said she was always kind of in awe of her a little bit and um, that kind of created a little bit of distance. So like grieving for her has been a little bit complicated, which I think is kind of like a, a kind of quite moving, interesting thing to say. It's got loads of, a lot of people picked up on that. Mm. Um and the shoot was by Richard Kern, who that was one of Charlie's uh, Charlie's suggestions. So yeah, I mean it's blown up. It's done really well. I mean, it just looks amazing, doesn't it? it does she look just amazing. Looks so hot. Yeah. So Davy, you mentioned that Charlie finally got her UK number one with Crash. Uh, speaking of huge commercial success, uh, we've also got D Block Europe on the cover. They went to number one on the UK album charts on the day of our shoot, right? 
Yeah, so that that was great. I was on the shoot and uh, like being with uh, an active just found out they got a number one. A photo shoot's really great. Um, yeah, young, what happened? Well, like Young Ads, who's one half of D Block Europe, he like a jeweler. Who was the jeweler? Um, Secret Garden Jewelers from Hatton Garden. They do like a lot yes. of the blingy, massive watches where all the footballers and rappers go. Mm. Yeah, that. and he, he so he treated himself to a seventy-five k watch. Excellent. Oh and they both God. had. <laughs> They both had like a Lamborghinis, um, like just parked outside the studio. One pink, one bright blue. Wow. And yeah, man, like it was, just, it was just nice. They had loads and loads of their friends there, and they were great mood. And um, yeah, the the, the, the sort of D Block Europe for people who aren't that familiar with them, they're just like absolutely huge, specifically in the UK. Like they've had, they've dropped eight or nine projects, eight eight solo projects in the last five years. One joint with an artist called Young Bane. And eight of them have been top ten. They did four nights at the O2 Arena, sold out recently. That's twenty thousand really capacity. Yeah, yeah, I went That's to one mental. of them, and they've just got like hit after hit after hit. They're like, they're one of them acts where like, if you're under a certain age and like UK rap, like people love them, and like all great UK rap acts or just rap acts in general. Um, older people just don't get it. And I think, and that's kind of like one of the beautiful things about them, you know? Um, but yeah, the, the interview's great. It's um, by Iman Amrani, who is like this journalist I followed for a while. Um, she did this kind of video series um, in The Guardian, which is about sort of um, men and masculinity and stuff like that. Uh, she writes about multiculturalism across Europe. She writes about Islam and she was just so up for for talking to those guys. They've got very explicit lyrics. They um, were opened up about their faith and stuff like that. So she was like the perfect journalist for it. Great. She killed it. Olive, you spent some time editing the piece. Um, <laughs> filthy lyrics. Do you, do you have anything to say on that? Well, I mean, I just thought there was a quote in it, right? So they would... There's a, I don't know how to put this, um, just, just podcast friendly. Um, so a lot of their lyrics are about oral sex, specifically giving it to women. Um, so there's like a nice little chunky section in the Q&A where they go on about that. And they're quite proud of the fact that they feel like they've influenced a generation of young boys to... <laughs> you know, fill in the gap. Let's leave it at that. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you very much, Olive. Um, but no, I think I think what's great as well is that this is clearly a group that are having such success with the younger generation, and that's something I think that we do very well. Um, so we did three music covers for the issue, and the third was Nia Archives, which was written brilliantly by our assistant editor Jade. Uh, Jade, what do you love about Nia, and what was it like spending some time with her? Um, I really like Nia. I've liked Nia for a while, actually. Um, I think it's safe to say that as an office, we're like, as a collective, we are fans of Nia. Um, I spent a morning with her. It was actually three days before Christmas and we went for breakfast at Mare Street. I think we were both just a little bit like beaten down by the uh, festive celebrations. She was a bit hungover. Like she chose to go and do her Christmas shopping like in central London, ended up at the Devonshire, had too many Guinnesses. Um, but anyway, the reason that we've done this is because she's got this brilliant new album coming out called Silence Is Loud, uh, which is her debut album. And it's basically really Britpop influenced and kind of like folds that kind of attitude and the, the movement and the swagger of Britpop into Jungle, which is obviously her signature um, genre which is, it's really amazing. It's produced by Ethan P. Flynn, um, who's worked with Twigs and David Byrne. Um, and I feel like it's just a really good, like, crystallisation of, like, Nia's career up to this point, like, after breaking out five years ago and kind of, like, funding her first, her debut single, Soberfields, with her um, with her student loan, 
like she's come a really long way. I think she really deserves yeah. it. Yeah, I remember like New York Archives, I think a f- someone sent me one of her tunes in 2021, I think, like really early on. Yeah. And I just saw her and straight away was like, oh, you know, we need to support this artist mm. loads. Like, you know, um, just the energy that she has. She's kind of really, really uh, unpretentious, but really, really cool. Yeah. She's also Northern, which yeah. obviously we like yeah, to support we Northern. Yeah, we love Northern. Northern. We do. We do. <laughs> Brad- Bradford Bourne leads Manchester Raised, I believe. Indeed. Um, and yeah, man, like the thing is with the face is like you look back at the archive and we've got all the mags from the 90s and like club culture was like mm. such a big part of it. Like proper, you could tell it was made by people who loved going to clubs and loved raving. Um, and just the energy she was bringing to, to UK music was was really cool. What I really loved about your profile as well is how she talks about how she's proud to be British and how jungle mm. is so, such a British genre. And I think that's a really yeah. interesting part of her personality or her image as an artist you know yeah. she's wearing a union jack grill on the cover yeah um, definitely definitely not seen that for a while either i know <laughs> i know just like just her background as well of how like her grandma was kind of like big in the sound system culture scene up in huddersfield which is you know not far from bradford um and who kind of like was the first person to show her jungle and and soul and those kind of those kind of genres growing up and then you got a chat to Goldie, right? Who's like a kind of like a mentor, right? Yeah, like a mentor, a friend. Um, he loves to send voice notes, um, <laughs> which I think fits in quite well with his personality. Um, and um, here, one of his voice notes actually features on on her track. Um, he's just got this very like he's just got a lot of gravitas. I feel like in his mm. voice, you know, it's like um, a lot of authority. But yeah, I did get to speak to him. Um, for a Q&A at The Face and yeah, it, what an honour that was. I mean, he is... TJ, you've spoken to, to Goldie before, haven't you? I am actually on featured on Jason Statham's Instagram interviewing Goldie. Uh, as part of <laughs> Wait, hang on a second. You're on Jason Statham's Instagram? <laughs> I am indeed, mate. I'll show you after after we record this. It's the proudest my mum has ever been of me. Uh, I wow. am, yes, so wow. I am on Jason Statham's Instagram interviewing Goldie for an, on Ding an Adidas dong. Originals panel. <laughs> I remember that interview. It went pretty well, right? Uh, if I say so myself. Yeah, you smashed it. But yeah, Goldie's a fantastic person to interview. I guess because he, you know, he is, his experiences are so, you know, he's vast. lived. He's, he's lived a he's life. Lived many well, lives, ten. but also he's not afraid of having a good laugh. And yeah, and he's really and... kind. Like you know, it's all like, oh, you know, darling, this, darling, that. And I kind of like <laughs> he's he's moved out to Phuket because he's really into his kind of wellness and hot yoga now. And he was a. Uh, you know, semi pissed off that I'd interrupted his pizza and backgammon evening with his family um, to do the interview, but um, it was all in good humour. Yeah, well, this is for the back page interview. So you interviewed yes. him for Nia's piece, but then you also did a back page Q and A for him. Yes, um, to give him his own moment. Give him his own spotlight. Yeah. Well, that did make for a very fun interview indeed, Jade. And yesterday as well, we dropped a cover with. Uh, actor Dominic Sessa who uh, had one of the lead roles in The Holdovers which was a massive film really really people love him right yeah Yeah. he's Hollywood's new golden boy the memes yeah that's all I'll say and this is his first starring role right Olive yeah it's his first ever role which is pretty amazing he was basically so The Holdovers is all about a boarding school the kids who get left behind at the boarding school over Christmas break and it's basically only Dominic's character who gets left and the, the the school that he shot at is the school that Dominic went to. So he auditioned that way, but he, before then he'd never really done any professional acting. He'd been in school plays and stuff, but this is like mm. his first major role. So it's kind of pretty amazing that he's managed to hold his own so well in the film. It's a really small cast. Um, the film has like gone on to kind of become this award season 
sensation. Mm. Um, he was nominated for a BAFTA. He won a Critics' Choice Award. So suddenly he is like the new Timothy Chalamet, basically. Um, <laughs> yeah, he is. Heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> and the cover is actually a part of our wider Hollywood portfolio, right? Would you it like is. to yes. let's talk about that? So the Hollywood portfolio, we got photographer Alana O'Hurley-High to round up some of her best mates in Hollywood um, all around LA to just kind of put together this really fun shoot of the kind of bright young things and also some stalwarts are in there um, <laughs> who are kicking around LA so we've got everyone from like Devon Lee Carlson in there to Trisha Paytas Owen Thiel Isabella Cuthman who is yeah she's going to be the new Francis Ford Coppola film yeah which allegedly guys is dropping this year um, so yeah it's a really fun shoot um, and they've all got a little Q&A's there's Gabrielle as well Charlie yeah. XX is good for yeah, yep. yes mm. too many to count too many to count. Well, you know what? I'm very glad that our fabulous fashion assistant, America, managed to get Trisha Paytas. Yeah, I feel like she yeah. was born to style Trisha Paytas. And finally, our cover with legendary model of the 90s, Kristen McMenemy, who was shot by equally <laughs> as legendary photographer Mark Borthwick, mm. whose photos, you know, are known for being very minimal and crisp and heavy use of colour saturation. And we've got Kristen standing on top of a pile of clothes looking rather brilliant. And, you know, Kristen is, of course, the ultimate outsider model. You know, in the 90s, she was known for her very progressive look. She's always been cool. Yeah. She always will be cool. Yeah. And that point about outsiders mm. is kind of important because I think there's this theme of outsiders, which, you know, you might look at Charlie XCX and see her as this big pop star who's been in the charts for, like, over a decade now. But, you know, she speaks about in her interview how she kind of always feels a bit embarrassed of herself and how she's, like, the girl who's got knickers and her skirt in her knickers when she walks out the toilet. Mm. We've got D-Block Europe who, you know, they may be one of the biggest UK rap, most successful UK rap artists in history, um, but they've kind of still not really had that moment in mainstream media where they've had that respect yeah. and been on a magazine cover. Um, you've got Dominic who yeah. is a kind of new kid on the block, not professionally trained. So you've kind of got these like collection of like people who we look up to and we love, but don't quite fit into yeah, the celebrity definitely. world I in think the Neo cookie cutter well world. Very true. For yes, Nia, of course. Yeah. And I think that is the kind of theme that pulls everything in this issue together. Yes, mm. I, I agree, Olive. I agree. TJ, what's your favourite feature in it? Well, I would say that my favourite feature is uh, a feature on outsider artists and it was a student called Artemis who came to us from Central St Martins. She had this idea to interview these artists who all came from Raw Vision um, and Raw Vision is a magazine dedicated to outsider artists uh, and it's the only international magazine to do so. And we have a really fantastic introduction by John Maisels. What is What, what makes these people outsiders? They're people who have been, they're not accepted into traditional art world maybe because of mental health or because of social background they're not accepted into mm. traditional art world they're not professionally trained they don't go to the big art schools they don't right, show in galleries okay. yeah. quite often they work in their own homes of like unconventional objects okay. um, that's so interesting which is why it's nice that we shot these artists in their own homes. Mm. And in this issue, of course, we have our introducing section, which is something that we feature in every issue, which is a portfolio of new and emerging talent from art, film, sports, fashion, etc. Jade, Olive, do you guys want to talk through this one? Yeah, this is a really good... Um, I love this feature. You know, it's mm. always a bit of a battle to kind of get and whistle down the names that we, that we love the most across all those fields. But in the end, I'm always really happy with the result. I feel like it's a really kind of wholesome, um, wholesome portfolio. We've got Susie Bemba, who is a French actress who was actually in Poor Things, who Olive, I think you'll agree, is probably one of the highlights. Yeah, yeah. She has a surprisingly big role in it. Um, yeah, she's kind does. of like a key 
figure mm. and how Emma Stone's character develops. Yeah. Um, so she was really great to have. But again, I think it was like one of her first bits of UK press, which feels mm. really exciting. I think that's the nice thing about this feature is that you're working with talent who are quite new to the industry. Mm. Um, so it's really exciting to be able to give them a chance to yeah. be spotlighted. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. There's Luna Carmoon as well, who is an up-and-coming British film director whose debut, Horde, is actually coming out in the spring, which I actually was lucky enough to watch the other day. It was amazing, basically about a, a little girl whose mum is a hoarder, and so she kind of lives in these really like unusual um, conditions growing up, and it's all about, you know, fast-forward 10 years, how that kind of trauma has seeped into her adult life um, after her mum dies and how she kind of like deals with the grief of that it is so deeply strange like it's, mm. it's really really weird that film i've never seen anything like it um but yeah it's really exciting that she was able to get that made what about the um there's a halston gallery feature right i heard you talking about that yes so halston high street is a gallery that i came across and it's uh, essentially it was set up by a guy called johnny in 2020 and uh, what makes it special is that this is a gallery that only features art by uh, artists of colour um, and the, I mean the art's just exceptional he has really great taste and he puts on all these events uh, obviously the uh, the gallery is actually located on Halston High Street so so far away from like you know those sort of cultural hubs mm. quote unquote in Hackney and Peckham or whatever he's just doing his own thing yeah, um, yeah. and I, I have a lot of respect for him and the work he's been putting into it is it kind of like literally like a window shopping vibe it is you can yeah look in from the outside yeah it's super small um mm. but it has this like massive window up in the front and you see passers-by just walking looking through the windows looking That's at like cool. the art on display um and i think yeah a lot of the artists that have shown there are you know people that we would generally cover anyway yeah but he's doing it all under this one roof and sort of Amazing. turning it into this big celebration yeah so we've got five covers and which is your favourite? Drum roll. So obviously there's three, I mean, there's three Charlie covers. We've got the D-Block Europe cover. We've got mm. the New York Archives cover. We've got the Kristen cover. And we've got the Dominic Sessa cover. It's got to be Charlie for me, personally. Charlie for me. I do love Dominic Sessa as well. Yeah, I think Charlie just looks so beautiful. What about you, Olive? Yeah, it's got to be Charlie. She looks just like so good in that shoe. Um, I also like that it's kind of like... Oh, we've not really seen her styled like that before. Yeah. You know, she usually goes for like quite a high glam look. Yeah. Um, and she's kind of like a bit stretched back, no makeup. Um, I think she looks gorgeous. Yeah, it really captures her essence, I feel like. Davey? For me, I mean, it's kind of a toss up between D Block Europe because um, Henrik Schneider is such a good photographer and it's their first ever uh, magazine cover mm. or New Archives. But the thing is, New Archives is obviously it's a great shoot and it's shot by Ewan Spencer, who's actually from Newcastle. Mm. I'm from North East. Nears from Yorkshire, so I think um, for my kind of sort of northern preference, I'm going to go for New York Post. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> the northern bias. Go on. Brilliant. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you to my wonderful guests as usual, Jade, Olive and Davey. Thank you to the brilliant Hunter Charlton for producing and thank you for listening. The Face magazine is on shelves at all good retailers from 29th of February or you can buy it online at theface.com. I've been TJ Sidhu. See you next time.